Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Book and Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Stunning Steve Barber. Joining me is my co-host, as always, the intellectual rock star himself, delicious Joylan Davis. Hey, everybody. And he's sporting the, if you see us on YouTube, you already know, he's sporting the Cody, the American Nightmare shirt. I've got the Wildcat Chris Harris shirt, you know, so yep. uh, now I'm kind of wondering who would win in a fight between them two. Because I'd, <laughs> I'd, li- I'd like to see that match. That'd be a good <laughs> so, match, yeah. Uh, and since we actually know Chris, we can actually, we know Wildcat, we can actually talk to him and say, hey, you know, yeah. what's the odds of you and Cody, you know, getting in the ring and, you know, mixing it up. So. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but this has been an interesting week as far as news goes, because, I mean, I know we, we just did the review of uh, Crown Jewel, but then, you know, there's been some news, some, some things like last week, was it last week? No. Two weeks ago, we had Big Strong, Matthew Mims on the show. Mm-hmm. Yep. NWA World Television Champ. And and like I said, hey, he is the – right now, he is the best TV champ. You know why? Because he's the one with the belt. Exactly. Yep. You know? And he liked that logic. And I'm like, oh, my God, I just impressed somebody whose brain is, like, bigger than everybody's, you know. And, and Samoa Joe has relinquished the Ring of Honor World Television title. So – Mims no. is even, you know, Mims is even in, you know. That, ooh, so. Yeah. Yep, so, but one of the things we talked to uh, Big Strong Mims about was the TV deal that the NWA, um, mm-hmm. mostly Billy Corgan, had just struck with the CW Network. And then they had their, uh, their Sawane pay-per-view the very next day. And something happened on the pay-per-view. Yeah, and there was a spot where they had um, – I've only seen clips because I hadn't had a chance to watch the whole pay-per-view, but there was a segment on the pay-per-view where there were uh, – James Mitchell and all these people were partying, and they were it, – it was like supposed to be like they were doing cocaine. And from all the reports that I've seen, Billy Corgan pushed for that little segment to be in the to be on the pay per view. Well, word got back to the CW, and first I've heard that. It, so because of that segment, they may not necessarily be on the CW as far as on cable TV. They may just be on the app. But there's also been rumors that the deal's just all the way off because of that segment. And there's also rumored of frustrations in the NWA over Billy Corgan's leadership. And I haven't, re- I mean, I've seen the headline for that one. I haven't actually mm-hmm. really read it, you know, or watched the videos about it yet. Um, and granted, those are just rumors, but yeah, they said, especially after, you know, the possibility of the TV deal falling through, there's maybe some frustrated athletes on the roster. And it, a couple of days after all that happened, we get the headline, CW has also struck a deal with NXT. Yep. Five-year deal starting in October of next year. So, now granted, this isn't 
Vince McMahon WWE anymore. Mm-hmm. This is it's all under uh, Endeavor, you know. So there there'll be people there who actually are not as stubborn and they're not trying to say we are the only we're, we're going to be the only thing in town. Well, that didn't work, and it caused a lot of people to speak of bad leadership. It caused a lot mm-hmm. of people yeah. to to resent Vince because he yep. was just it was his little toy, a multi billion dollar and company toy, but still, yeah. But still, yeah. Uh, so, under Vince, this would have been unheard of. Now, under Endeavor, it's a lot more. Well, obviously, it is more than just feasible because it's a done deal. And this isn't just something that that Triple H and those in charge called up CW and said, "Hey, you know how the NWA? You're about ready to drop them off the network, possibly. Well, we have this other brand, NXT. You know, so this had to have been in the works for a while." See, that's what I'm thinking, and which makes me wonder if the cocaine segment on the pay-per-view, and this is just me speculating, but was that the excuse for the CW to halt talks with the NWA because they are they had already completed their deal with WWE having NXT come on? Because WWE is notorious for, like, if they're on a particular network, then part of their agreement with that network is no other wrestling show will be on their network, only WWE. They did that to, that's what messed up ECW's TV deal with uh, TNN back in the day when WWE decided to go to TNN, signed a five-year deal. And so all that time and resource went to WWE and ECW ended up with no TV deal because, because WWE was like, well, if we're coming to your network, then we're the only wrestling show on your network. Maybe. I mean, like I said, I mean, it, this isn't the Vince McMahon WWE. This is No, I mean, Endeavor. it's not, but yeah. So, I mean, um, we'll see. I, I mean, CW... <laughs> Because we were talking about this before we started recording, CW are, are they're trying to transition into being a lot more sports. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so maybe CW, the CW Network, stands for Championship Wrestling. Possibly. I mean, they you tried know? to uh, they tried to make a deal with Tony Khan recently to get Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor Television on the CW. Uh, Tony Khan didn't really entertain any offers because he doesn't want to, um, for what I understand, he doesn't want to secure any ROH TV rights until he's finalized, until he's got everything nailed down with AEW's TV rights, because that's, you know, those negotiations are coming up soon. And so he wants to get all that nailed down to see where AEW is going to be that way he'll know how to position Ring of Honor. <clears throat> Either way, it seems like we've, we've kind of come really full circle from mm-hmm. the mid-80s when it was WWF against the NWA. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, of course, the NWA, it was more Jim Crockett promotions, but they were still against yeah. the NWA. Yeah. And so now we've come all the way back to that, which... I'm like, huh, this is deja vu all over again. Yeah, it really is. (laughs) Um, And we were also just mentioning how 
the CW network, they're going away from the superhero shows, which I'm like, you know what, people like superhero shows. Yeah. And right. but they're they canceled they canceled all of their superhero shows and wanted to get more sports programming on their network. I mean, which is fine, but it's like my question is, where does this leave the NWA? If NXT right. has signed, and I mean, it's done. Shawn Michaels even put a tweet out because he's running NXT now. So he put a tweet out talking about, you know, 2024, NXT will be on the CW. Um, and so where does that leave the NWA? Are they still going to give the NWA a TV spot? Or is it going to be just on the app or are they just not going to have any working relationship with NWA at all? You know, I was sitting there thinking about any other like sports leagues that might be competing with each other, you know, the, um, at, you know, the highest level and actually you really don't have that normally. Um, mm-hmm. Because you know, with the exception of the times when you've had the XFL or the USFL, yeah. yeah. You know, but I, I, I can't recall um, a network only having the NFL and not one of the other ones. If that makes sense, yep. mm-hmm. you know. So, uh, to me, I mean, if CW can get all of them, and I think that gets them more visibility. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I'm all for them getting as much wrestling as they can get. Because if I can get more wrestling in one in one place, that's I'm all for it. But um, I just wonder, since they caught the bigger fish, what happens with the NWA? Now, now I'm kind of wondering, will Big Strong Mims go to WWE? Because I honestly, I'd like to see that. <laughs> the yeah. truth. Yeah. You know, just because he's a friend of ours, and I and. You know, we want to see him do really well. Oh, yeah. Um, but one of the things that actually kind of surprises me, though, about Billy Corgan, not just greenlining the segment, but actually kind of really pushing the segment with the cocaine. Mm-hmm. Do you remember it was around 96, late 96, early 97 time frame when I believe it was his drummer or the keyboard, the touring keyboard player actually died of a drug overdose? Mm-hmm. Yep. And... Then I, I think the guitarist, uh, Jimmy um, Eha, he was also messing around with drugs, and mm-hmm. Corgan kind of gave him an ultimatum. Yeah. You know, because he said, we can't, you know, we just lost our friend and our bandmate. Yeah. And so that's why another, I'm really surprised that he would do that. Yeah, me too. And uh, I mean, unless that's just something somebody came up with, but in, like every report that I've read so far and, you know, from reputable sources, it's it's saying that the segment was his idea and he really pushed for that segment to be on the pay-per-view, probably assuming that it was on pay-per-view. So it wouldn't affect their TV deal because he probably, he may have figured that maybe they weren't going to see it since it's going to be on pay-per-view. You know, they, can't do that kind of thing on YouTube because of YouTube guidelines and YouTube is, you know, worldwide and doesn't take much to find something on YouTube. So maybe thinking oh, it was on, on the pay-per-view that 
prying eyes, so to speak, wouldn't see it. He'd still watch pay per views. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and yeah. you know that's even a line that Attitude Era WWE, and then when WCW was trying to mimic <coughs> the Attitude, even they didn't cross the line into doing illicit substances. Nope. So it's like, well, good job, Billy. You just crossed a line that nobody's crossed before in wrestling. No, and the company that WWE and WCW stole the attitude idea from was ECW. ECW. And they they never crossed that line. Then if anybody was going to have the freedom to cross that line, it'd be ECW because before they got the TV deal on TNN, if you didn't go to a live show or catch it in syndication at three o'clock in the morning, like I used to back in the day, (laughs) then you weren't seeing ECW on TV. So they could have done whatever they wanted to do. And And they never crossed that line. And, you know, I think the closest they came to it was probably Sandman. Yeah, it was probably the most. And like the, the weed references for RVD, it's as close as they got, you know, yeah, and they never actually had him though smoking yeah, a doobie on TV. Yeah, yeah, he didn't come out smoking a joint on television. You had to, yeah, you had the Sandman drinking his beer, but I mean, they sold beer at the concession stand, so it wasn't. Yeah. You know, yeah, he's drinking a beer, smoking a cigarette. Exactly. Yeah, he's, but that he, was he was basically doing what people in the audience were doing. So yeah, and you know what, the cigarette it kind of makes me wonder because later on when um like smoking laws became a lot stricter as far as mm-hmm. like public buildings. Even then he couldn't, unless they wanted to pay a hefty fine every time he lit yeah. up on the way to the ring. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. Cause remember I, at the time, I mean, I was a smoker and so I knew all about those laws. It's like, <laughs> yeah, now you got to go outside. Now you got to, you know, go five miles away from the building <laughs> and, you know, away from the entrance, but yeah, which is not a bad thing. I haven't smoked now in, Seven years, mm-hmm. yeah, which is kind of hard to believe because uh can tell you, <laughs> you know me <laughs> like when we graduated high school and all the way through my time in the Air Force, with the exception of a, about a about a two year span where I actually did quit, and then I went to Afghanistan and started back up again while I was there, you know for you know reasons, um, and then I finally quit again seven years ago mm-hmm. and I have not picked one up since, you know, so, um, and I'll just tell everybody don't start smoking. Trust me. <laughs> it's not yeah, worth it because you yeah. end up, you know, and now it's like $7 a pack and I'm like, Oh my, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so I really hope the NWA can recover from this, you know, because I mean, it's put, I mean, they were all of a sudden they were in the headlines for a good reason. Yeah. And And now immediately. Yeah. I'm hoping it was just, I'm hoping one, one, one mistake does not sink them, you know, as a company, I hope they don't become like nobody wants to touch. No network wants to touch them because of that one particular, you know, mess up, so to speak. Uh, Unfortunately, I I can see well not every network saying this, but I can see some of them saying as long as Corgan is the one because he's the one who greenlighted this. Yeah, uh, 
course, there's the the really the bad thing about it was Billy Corgan's the one who put them back in the national spotlight. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, yeah, I mean boom. Billy Corgan, he owns the company, he's in charge of creative, and that would put them in a terrible bind if a network was like, well, yeah, we'll take you on, but he can't be involved, right? But without um, the problem is without Billy Corgan, there's no NWA because he literally owns the company. He bought it right. and brought it back from obscurity. I mean, the NWA was like, remember when Shane Douglas threw the title down mm-hmm. after he won the tournament? He beat two Cole Scorpio, bought, won the tournament, and then gave that famous promo, threw the belt down, declared the EC, the Eastern Championship Wrestling yep. <laughs> Championship the extreme championship wrestling world championship. And then, I mean, you had NWA champions after that. I mean, Steve Carino was an NWA world champion. Um, Adam Pierce, who is the general manager on Monday night raw. He, he is five time NWA world champion. Uh, Colt Cabana has been NWA world champion. Dan Severn. Um, Dan the B Severn, uh, but it was like, but the NWA was more of a, it was just an indie thing. It wasn't, mm-hmm. it, you know, it didn't have the prestige or the reputation that it did before the split, before, you know, the split and the creation of WCW. Billy Corgan was able to get them back in the national spotlight. You know, he he worked hard. He went in and bought the company, retooled a lot of things, gave it that old school feel that, you know, we grew up on, uh, you know, and really brought it back into the spotlight. And I would, you know, I hope it stays there. I would, you know, mm-hmm. we have friends that we have friends that work there. We do. We, you know, and I just, you know, I hate to see any wrestling promotion lose its way. Because, you know, there's so many wrestlers that need somewhere to ply their trade. Everybody can't go to WWE. Everybody can't go to AEW. It's, you know, there has to be other places that people have to go. And the NWA is a great place to go. It's quality wrestling in the NWA. So I'm hoping they can still salvage this deal with the CW. And I hope the CW is not like, oh, well, we've got WWE, so we don't need you anymore. I hope they try to scoop as much wrestling as they can for their network. And hopefully they'll say, okay, we don't want three-hour shows. Yeah. You know, we, we make yeah. a two at the most, but we don't want three-hour yeah. shows. Because after a while, you know, it's just it's just too much, especially, you know, for some of us who are old and, and can't stay up past like 1030. <laughs> and, and the thing is, you get you get a three-hour show, you saw this, you've seen this with Raw for however long it's been a three-hour show. Uh, seems like 50 years, but it's, you know, it just drags after a while mm-hmm. because there's only so much you can put in there on a week-to-week basis on a three-hour wrestling show before you just have to have filler stuff just to fill up time. 
and they have a lot of filler stuff. Yeah, and WCW did the same thing. You know, they mm-hmm. took Nitro to three hours to, you know, and the same thing. A lot of filler. And there's no need for a three-hour wrestling show. I mean, NXT is two hours. I think that's fine. Mm-hmm. SmackDown is two hours. Yep. You got two hours. You got Dynamite at two hours. Collision on Saturday is two hours, I believe. Two hours is all you need for a wrestling show. Yeah. The Rampage is only an hour. Yeah. Rampage. Yeah. Rampage is only an hour. And uh, let me see. Impact is a two hour show. That's all you need. You don't need a long three hour TV show. Wherever Monday Night Raw goes, because. Raw's leaving USA too. It's leaving USA, yep. SmackDown's going to USA. That's gonna so you SmackDown, in essence, will become the flagship show because they will be on USA Network while NXT goes to the CW. And where's Raw going? They haven't said what Raw's going yet, have they? I know. Nope, they haven't said yet. I don't know if any. I don't know what networks are in talks to get it. But I can guarantee they're not going to keep it at three hours. Now I'm kind of wondering, is he going to go to NBC because of Peacock? See, see, NBC is in the running for it. I know Amazon has shown interest in it. Um, and as a Amazon Prime customer, I have Prime Video, and I would be quite pleased to see Monday Night Raw on Amazon Prime on Prime Video. Um, so, but I don't know. And a lot of the reason you've got NXT and Raw leaving USA is because they simply wanted too much for the TV rights. Hmm. And USA is just like, no, we'll go get SmackDown from Fox. But then you can figure out where these other two shows are going. Because this is where we're going to put our money. Because I consistently, mean, SmackDown has been the better show. Yeah. Um, because they don't, well, <laughs> for the most part, there was that SmackDown, I want to say about a year and a half ago, where I texted you and said, two-hour show, they had 13 minutes total of actual wrestling. Yeah. And it's and that's the thing, too. Okay. I don't care if you call yourself pro, professional wrestling, sports entertainment, whatever you're still a wrestling show. So wrestling needs to be the focus, mm-hmm. not the little backstage skits. I know you got to have your interview segments to yeah. further storylines and all that stuff, but there needs to be wrestling because that's what people tune in to see. That's what people pay to see in a live attendance. Let people wrestle. There's too many talented people on these shows not to be out there wrestling. You know, one thing, and I'll say this about any show, and it's something I forgot to bring up when we were doing our review of Crown Jewel. I know Piper's Pit was popular. I know the Flower Shop, you know, which replaced Piper's Pit, mm-hmm. you know, temporarily. People liked it. The Snake Pit, you know, the Barbershop, all those. I personally am not necessarily a fan of them because yeah, they they take, they take too long. Yeah, they take too long. It's it's very formulaic. You know, you 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 know you're going to get the same thing every time there's one of these segments. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't care, like you said, I don't care if it was Edges, The Cutting Edge, uh, Miss TV, 
Jericho's little segment, the Kevin Owens show, or like you said, the classics like Piper's Pit, the Snake Pit, the Barber Shop. Now, the Flare for the Gold, I think that was the name of his. Flare, yep, Flare yep. for the Gold. Uh, uh, Shawn Michaels had one early in his singles career called the Heartbreak Hotel. That's right. Yep. Um, that one. And it's like, no. The only thing, the only fond memory that I have of any of those little talk show segments or whatever in wrestling is Sean throwing Marty through the window in the barbershop. Uh, and I did, now I, I take it back, I, there was parts of Paul Bear's funeral parlor. The funeral parlor, yep. That I did like where Jake put the Undertaker's hand in the coffin and, and locked oh, it. And he was dragging it. And he was dragging <laughs> yeah. it along. Or where um, the Undertaker was choking Hogan. Uh, Piper and Savage were hitting the Undertaker with chairs and he was no-selling all of it. And those two parts, but those those talk shows as a whole, no. I, they could they could go away and never come back, and it would not phase me a bit. And, and you know, and when they have to stop what they're doing in the ring, they have to bring everybody in to set it up in the ring. That makes it even worse because yep. that that's what it was with uh, the Miz and the Miz TV. And who was it that came down? Because he had a had a local celebrity from Saudi. He was a uh, yes. comedian. Yeah, and, and um, and then and then Grayson Waller Grayson came Waller, down. Yeah. And, and it was like, had, that's 15 or 20 minutes. You could have had a match in that spot. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's 15, 20 minutes. I'm not going to get back. Yeah. That's, there's somebody, there was wrestlers sitting at the States who didn't get to make, didn't get picked to take the trip to Saudi that could have had that spot yep. that Ms. TV took up. Um, MVP had, had a talk show segment too. I forgot about that one. Yep, and well, we know MVP. He was he's not going to Saudi anytime soon. So no, MVP is no. <laughs> not going to Saudi. But um, it's just I feel like, especially in this day and age, I feel like they're just unnecessary. Yeah, a lot. The older ones, the classics, I get that because you know, well, they were new at the time. Piper's Pit. Well, they, well, they were new at the time. Wrestling was in syndication. You didn't have a you didn't have Monday Night Raw. You didn't have Nitro. You had primetime wrestling on the weekends on USA Network. You got a Saturday night's main event every quarter. So it's like, you know, I get those because you've got to fur further your storylines. And if people aren't seeing this stuff happen on TV, everybody that's not going to the house shows are not going to know what's going on unless you <laughs> – you, right. you build these rivalries on these talk shows, and I get that. But after that, it's like they were not necessary anymore because between live TV shows every week, the rise of the internet, none of the, you know, those talk shows are redundant. They're so, not telling us anything that we can't find out for ourselves or that we just, or that they just can't, couldn't. Just put the wrestling angle in the ring and let them wrestle and tell the story. Yes. I mean, and I know <clears> back in the day, they used those. They would push for, like, Roddy Piper cracking Jimmy Snook in the head with a coconut. Yeah. 
that what I mean is how what really started. Yeah, it started their feud. So without without that without that catalyst, there's no Piper Jimmy Snooker feud, right. which was we, hot. It was made yeah, a, it was extremely it, hot. It was hot, made a lot of money, but if it hadn't been for Piper's pit in that segment, none of that would have happened. Right. So that's how that's really the effective way of using those. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Sean throwing Marty. You know, well, Marty tried to run he, through the window, but Sean just kind of well, helped yeah. him. He, he was scared him. of Sean trying to he get was, away. But. Yeah. So Sean helped him through the window. Exactly. That, you know, pushed that feud. But other times, like, I just, I still remember when, when the barbershop and Brutus had um, Legion of Doom on there. And it was just a normal interview. And then he handed yeah. Hawk like a hairbrush. He's like, oh, what a brush. And he threw it. And yeah. they, didn't, they didn't look impressed, you know, and he threw the brush. And I was like, I don't think that was planned. But he yeah. did figure out the whole water brush thing. Yeah. yeah but that didn't do anything for anybody. It just no took up it time just, that they could have showed a match. And honestly, it's like they were trying to make, I felt like they were, I remember that segment and it felt like they were trying to make the road warriors look dumb. Right. And it I was didn't, tr- they were trying to make them into the cartoony characters that, you know, they had done with everybody else. And it's like, that was never going to ro- work with road warriors. Mm-mm. And, you know, so those, talk show segments mm-hmm. just let's just no just do away, <laughs> and, do I mean, away if with you, them if you've got nothing else to do with the miz have him be an ambassador for the company yeah. and do things like that but the miz tv i mean they used miz tv to try to push miz in a feud with gunther he's going to lose Nobody believes that Miz is going to be the one to beat the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion of all time. They're not anybody well, who thinks uh, that the, the Miz longest, is the one. The longest single reign. Ro- yeah, the longest Miz, single reign. Oddly enough, the Miz actually has yeah. the longest cumulative. That is true, but, but it but but it took him eight times. It took him eight times to do it. it took him but, eight times to get it done. Yeah. Took Gunther one reign, and he's still going. And he's still going, uh, and he's still chopping fools, and just and still power bombing people, and and that's not even. I mean, I couldn't tell you what his actual finishing move is because he could just he switches it. He yeah. switches it. He can beat you like with just about anything. Exactly. He is he is an old school style wrestler because remember back in the day when we were watching, you know, Memphis and Mid South and Jim Crockett Promotions. People used, they didn't use the same finish. It's not like today where you know what's going to, nine times out of ten, you know what somebody's going to use to end a match. They have a specific finisher, and that's what they're going to use every time. Back in the day, you'd see somebody use, you know, somebody who normally didn't use a submission, but use a submission hold to end a match. Or they use a different move than you would normally see them do to get the pin. So I like the fact that he doesn't that he switches it up and doesn't always use the exact same move every time. I remember watching a couple of years ago, you know, I was pulling up some of the old um Mid Atlantic stuff on the network. And it was a match with uh Wahoo McDaniel against, you know, some jobber, you know, a carpenter mm-hmm. guy. And he just basically beat the guy beat the guy up and he just pinned him. I mean, he didn't because yeah. I mean, and some of, they had finishing moves, but they didn't always use them in those yeah. matches. Well, you look at Arn, uh, 
especially when he was in the Horseman. You know, he used the DDT. He used the Gourd Buster. I've seen him win matches with the Spine Buster. Yep. Especially when he was wrestling enhancement talent. He mm-hmm. would win a match with a Spine Buster. You know, him and Tully would do the Double Gourd Buster. Yes. Or, you know, Tully would do the Slingshot Suplex. And then the other guy would get tagged in and catch a DDT, and that was it. But yeah. They switched it all up. And by the way, Arn invented the spine buster. He invented the gourd buster. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the gourd buster, if people don't know what it is, you pick the person up for a vertical suplex and you get them up and then you plant. drop them straight back plant. down their face. Yep. Plant them on their face. Um, yep. And he, he stopped in um, his podcast. He actually talked about the reason he stopped doing it is because uh, guys were a little afraid of it because it was too fast for them really to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. And they're going face first into the canvas, and yeah, you know, from a good distance, you know, from whatever yeah. height Arn is, yeah. And, um, but yeah, so, but we would see that, and you know, now I mean, they got to do their their moves on TV. They got to get all their moves in, which I'm like, save something for the pay per view. Yeah, it's like I, you know, I enjoy the fast pace of wrestling now. I still like the old school stuff too but I do enjoy the faster pace because of just the amazing athletes that are out there. And there's, they're able to do things that I've never seen done before. Um, But I'm like you, it's like, slow down a little bit, save some of what you've got for the big shows. You don't have Mm -hmm. to pull everything out on TV every week. And then if you do that, and what have you got left for the pay-per-view? Um, a prime example, if you ever saw Ric Flair wrestle, you know, like a normal TV, because occasionally he would, you know, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. he wouldn't do everything because Ric Flair, his move set was, you know, was just unbelievable. You know, he didn't oh, do yeah. drop, he didn't do drop kicks. I mean, he even said he might be able to do a running drop kick, but I mean, he was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I, I saw one of the few times, you know, when he would do his little flippity flip over the the corner, yeah. and he actually landed on the apron, went to the other corner, came up, and came up off the top rope with like a double axe handle, a little yeah. double chop thing, and pinned the guy. Yeah. And you know, of course, if you saw the flare on TV, he didn't use as many moves, and he might get him with the figure four. He didn't that match, but he might get him with the figure four if it's enhancement talent. Yeah, they're going to submit to the figure four. And this is before tapping out. So I'm like, well, we just have to trust the ref to actually, you know, was yeah. making the right call there. And but then when you saw Flair like in a like in a high profile pay-per-view, look at his match against Harley at Stark at 83. Look look at oh, his yeah. you know, and that was I mean, he was still relatively young then too. Yeah. You know, look at what he did against Nikita Koloff. Look what he did against even when he was a heel, look what he did against Dusty. I mean, he was pulling moves out. Left and yeah. right, and then look years at, later, look at the, against, look at the uh, stuff he pulled out against Ricky Steamboat. Yes, you know, um, then what he pulled out against Sean when he was advanced age. Mm-hmm. I mean, he says, I yep. just had to chop a knee drop and a woo. Uh, he had a little bit more than that. No, because, he, yeah, I mean, he threw the he, he did a flying body press off the top rope, and, and his flying yep. body press is ugly. Don't get me wrong, it is one of the most sloppiest looking moves, but he hit, but he hit it. Well, and, it's sloppy because he never hit it. I mean, that was, <laughs> I mean, that was the one he hit on Sean was probably 
you can count on one hand how many of those he ever actually connected with. Uh, Sean Harley, and that's the only ones I can think of. Right <laughs> yeah. Um, but when they're on TV, I mean, and that's a different mindset now. Is they just feel like they have to get all their moves in. It's like you only have you know five to seven minutes out of here. Yeah. That's you know and, you don't have to get all your moves in. And I can see if it's a guy who's not normally on TV. And he's got to go out there. Here, we're going to give you eight or nine minutes. Go show us what you got. Then by all means, get all your stuff out there because you don't know when the next time you're going to be on TV or if you're going to get booked on a pay-per-view. That's understandable. But guys like the Bucks and Kenny Omega and the Lucha Brothers and you know guys like that, we know they're getting booked on pay-per-views. We mm-hmm. know they're getting booked in high-profile matches. So... You don't have to give everything away for free. That is something that I do. I don't agree with Eric Bischoff on much as far as wrestling goes, but I do agree on that. It's kind of like that. It's like that Joker quote in the dark night. It's like, if you're good at something, never do it for free. And if you're doing it on, if you're doing it on live TV, you're giving it away for free when people could be paying however much for the pay-per-view and watch you do it there. Right, and I'm not saying go out and phone it in, but don't don't use every move you've ever learned on a TV match when you need to build toward the big pay per view match. Yes, you know where you're you're going to be expected to pull even more moves because we would expect your opponent has actually done their homework and scouted you exactly, so... and you expect and you expect that intensity level to be raised. On the pay-per-view. Yep. So it's like you got to bring your A game on the pay-per-view. So save something for that show. And for everybody listening, you know, uh, especially Billy Corgan's listening, we have we know people who know Billy Corgan. We we, <laughs> we, we want him on the do. show. <laughs> we do. I mean, we know at least yeah. two people. Actually, yes. we know it. We know three people. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. because our friend Big Mama, she's actually yep. doing some appearances for NWA. So. Yeah, uh, we're very glad to see that because she has worked her rear end off uh, yeah, to get has. to where she's at. You know, she's um, you know, she could she can explain better about wrestling than the majority of people in wrestling because I mean she she knows quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, and she, I love talking to her it. about this. Oh, she definitely gets it. And you know, and she um, she actually handles a lot of the stuff for the NWF. You know, like booking, and I'm trying to mm-hmm. um. At a couple of the events coming up, I'm trying to get a merchandise table set up so I can sell some stuff for our friend uh, at House of Plastic. I'm trying to work at this so I can sell some stuff for him, like wrestling figures, um, Mm -hmm. and maybe get some armchair booking shirts to, you know, some other merch to sell as well. Yeah. Uh, They've actually, you know, she said, yeah, they give me the green light. They're like, yeah, just, you know, hopefully you have your own table. And, you know, so I'm trying to get a hold of her now to find out, okay, what time do I need to be there and things like that. So, right. Yeah. I got, I got logistics to, to plan out. Uh, but when we're talking about all the TV shows and we don't like, you know, you and I both agree, we don't like the interview things like the, the talk shows, the Piper's, you know, Piper's Pits, long, but now, you know, you have Miss TV and I'm, I'm pretty sure there are some other ones. Um, and also, the more you have these stupid contract signings, 
Uh, you know, the, it, it's no longer special because no, nobody's going to sign a contract. Somebody's going to get a, a hit with a chair. You know, I, it, it's wasting time. Plus, they do everything in the ring now. So Yeah. And, and look, I'm the last time that I actually saw an interesting contract signing was um, back in 2001. It was Triple H and Steve Austin. Vince McMahon had said that because they had been feuding forever and Vince McMahon said, you know, they were going to have this match and no way out that year. Stipulation was if they touched each other, if they got into any physical altercation before that match, Steve Austin would not get his WrestleMania titles title match and Triple H would be suspended for six months. So when they had the contract signing for the match, Steve Austin signed his contract. Triple H signed the contract. Then when Austin was walking off, he hit Austin in the back with a briefcase and then hit him with a pedigree. And then Vince McMahon's like, you've been suspended for six months. And uh, Triple H is like, I haven't been suspended from anything because I never signed. He signed at the bottom of the page. He never signed on the dot, on the line where Ooh. he was supposed to. So he got his shot in on Austin, then signed the signed the contract, and then Austin couldn't you know couldn't retaliate. That was interesting. That was a good little swerve. But nowadays, you have a contract signing. You talk back and forth. Somebody gets put through the table. There's a big brawl. It's like it's predictable. It happens every single time. And like you said, it just takes the the special you know takes that importance out of it because it's like. And really, it takes the logic out of it. And it's like, because we know contracts have already been signed backstage. Yeah. We, we, in the office. We know they're not signing legitimate contracts in the middle of the ring. So it's like, what is the point of having those when everybody knows? We all know how contracts work. Mm-hmm. The only people that don't know how contracts work are little kids. But it ain't little kids that are watching this week in and week out and paying attention to what's going on. So I, those spots get on my nerves. I'm tired of people getting put through the announce table. It That's gotten old. Every single pay-per-view, most of the Raws and or SmackDowns. Yeah. Somebody's getting powerbombed or taking a crossroads or somebody's jumping on, you know, off something onto somebody through the announce table. It's just, it gets boring after a while. And it's like, can we do something else? There's other things that can be done. And, you know, I, I need to actually buy some more shares in like T was, was WWE um, stock. Now it's TKO stock. Mm-hmm. Just so I can go, hey, I'm a stockholder. Can I see your <clears throat> expense reports? Because I'm curious to know your budget for one trombones because of you yeah. know um, Xavier. You know, um guitars when Elias was, you know, yep. still there. And then tables. the tables. The ladders the, the, and yes. the announce tables. <laughs> the announce table, and not only the announce tables, but all the monitors that are you know, yeah, that's, that, that's, that get that, they get tossed around every time they clear the table off. Yeah. yeah, you know, and they got like iPads that they're using. I'm like, the things are not cheap. You know, speaking 
speaking of stockholders, uh, Vince McMahon is going to is going to be selling eight million shares of his TKO stock. All right, let me mark that down. I may have to go check that out. Be a fire sale. Um, actually, <laughs> <laughs> actually, you know what? Let me let me go look and see what the price for TKO is right now. Um, oh, come on now. Uh, da, 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 da. I've seen that on several different news outlets throughout the day on Twitter that uh, he's going to be as he's selling eight million shares. Um, TKO Group Holdings. The price right now is eighty dollars and thirty five cents. Um, dividend yield is point five seven percent, which I'm assuming they're still selling, you know, ten cents a stock, you know, for their dividend. Which is actually not bad, but um, now the percentage is is garbage. But um, and let me see, that's just for today, and actually dropped. Uh, okay, earlier it was eighty five. Ooh, it did it did it dropped five percent like after after hours. Uh, let me see, <clears throat> from one hundred fifteen down to eighty. The analyst ratings are saying 90% of them are saying buy, 10% are saying hold. Uh, I don't know how old those ratings are. Um, so, yeah, so Vince, if you want to, you know, sell me, is it like common stock or preferred stock, or did they say? Uh, that they didn't say. Okay. I'm going to guess with, well, I'm guessing they could always convert it into, you know, his preferred stock into common stock. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're trying to take Vince out of, you know, and, that, and the man's in his mid-70s. Time to retire. Go swim in your pool every day. Exactly. Here's the thing. I think they're just forcing his hand because, you know, the people in charge of, you know, TKO have said that basically, to paraphrase, Vince is bringing unwanted attention to you know, the, this merger because of all, you know, because of all the skeletons in the closet that he had that were, that are coming out, that was, you know, that have come out hush money payments and all this type mm-hmm. of thing. And I feel like they're just distancing themselves. I feel like, I still feel like Vince thought I'm going to sell the company to Endeavor because I've been friends with the CEO for 20 years. That way I'll be back in full control of WWE and everything can go back to how I want it. But then the company sold and then he gets pushed, he gets removed from creative. He basically has no power. So it's like your plan backfired and it's like, now they're mm-hmm. like, well, we've got your company. So now we're going to put you out the pasture. Yep. Now that you know the honeymoon phase is over, now we yep. all honeymoon have honeymoon phase over. Okay. Yeah, the hey, ink's Vince. dried on the ink's dried on those contracts, and everything's ironclad. Now we're going to push you out the door because we don't need you. Now we just needed you to get the company. Yeah, they just wanted the company. Yeah, they didn't want they, Vince. They just wanted the company. Yeah, because they knew Vince should have retired a long time ago. Because yeah, a lot of reasons, and. So now Vince is going to be done with that. Uh, well, like I said, all the negative attention kind of comes full circle to what Billy Corgan has done right now with NWA. Mm-hmm. All of yep. a sudden. Now, I think 
with Billy Corgan, this is, as far as I know, it's a one-time incident, even though there was grumblings that, you know, people and are I, getting irritated at him, but that's, those are rumors yeah. we don't know. And I can only speculate, but I'm, you know, he probably thought the segment hit, fit the vibe of the pay-per-view and, you know, all that. And like I said, he probably didn't, he probably did not think that the right eyes were ever going to see it because it was on pay-per-view and not on their YouTube their you know, weekly YouTube show, things like that. But it's like, if the company's interested in obtaining your services, they're going to make sure to do their due diligence and they're going to watch your product to make sure it falls in their specific guidelines. Yep. Yeah, I should have realized that. Yep. Yeah. So, oh, well, I mean, we'll guess we'll kind of see how it all plays out, yep. um, you know, and, you know, we'll see how, uh, some of the, cause that, yeah, besides, I mean, that's a, that was a, a huge bit of news, you know, all about the TV yeah. deals. But besides that, I'm trying to think of anything else that may have been going on. Um, no, not really. There's still, there's a lot of people that still holding out hope that CM Punk's going to show up at Survivor Series. Uh, I hope he doesn't. I'm, I'm at the point where I'm, I'm tired of CM Punk and I think he just needs to retire and go do something else. It's like, He's, it's at the point where he's just poison to whatever locker yep. room he's in. And I know a lot of people will defend CM Punk to the day they die or the day he dies mm-hmm. to the day everybody dies. But you got to look at his actions, you know, when he spoke out of turn at a press conference, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, just bashing the execs at a press conference, Yeah, you know, with his boss right there yeah. sitting 10 feet away from him and then gets into a physical altercation with the same guys. Now they were also in the wrong for the physical mm-hmm. altercation. I am not defending them at all because I also feel like if you're an exec in a wrestling company, you should not be in the ring either. Yeah. there. Yeah. It's like, like I was, it, it, I was glad when Tony Khan took the bookie power away from the EVPs because yeah, that's just a conflict of interest, and that's mm-hmm. just a disaster waiting to happen when your executives are wrestling and booking the shows. And they're booking themselves to be title holders. Yeah. Because that yeah, will, for no no good reason other than we're the ones in charge, we're going to put the titles on us. Yeah, you see how that's been done in the past. Flair did it when he was a booker. Dusty was notorious du- for doing it yeah, when he was Dusty a booker. Dusty was absolutely notorious for that. Yeah. You know, Kevin Nash was when Kevin Nash was a booker. That's why the Goldberg streak ended. Kevin Nash booked himself to be world champion. It's you don't you can't have active competitors booking the shows. It's just it's it's a recipe for disaster. It's or, just never going to work good. If you can have them, you know, kind of give their input, they should yeah. never ever hold a title at least not the top titles no mid-tier title maybe maybe i'm i'm of the belief that if you are those lines shouldn't there should be a those lines shouldn't be crossed if you are if you're an entering competitor then that's what you are you Mm -hmm. don't hold you don't hold a position backstage if you are 
if you hold a position backstage, if you're an executive, if you're on the booking committee, if you're on the writing team, whatever, then that's your job and you don't compete in the ring. I don't think the two should ever mix because that's just bad business. And before, you know, if somebody says we're just slamming AEW for that, no. Like you mentioned, Dusty Rhodes did it in Crockett. But one of the worst examples I've ever seen of this was the Royal Rumble in, what, 2015, 2016, whenever Roman was a world champion, and they said he's going to defend his world title in the Royal Rumble. Triple H was number 30. Yeah, and Triple H was an active executive yeah. in the company and was booked to win the world title. Yeah. I mean, he and was ca- and carry the, it all the way to WrestleMania. He was the, um, uh, the COO COO chief, chief operations operations. Yeah. Yeah. Officer. Yeah. I mean, and that is a real like That's legally a, binding yeah. position. I mean, and he was also in charge of talent relations. He was, and, he had that job because he took over from John Laurinaitis. That's true. Also known as, Clown shoes. There you go. Um, one of these days, he may actually call us up and say, "Hey, can I be, <laughs> in, your, can I be in your show?" Sure, clown <laughs> so, shoes. Come on, clown shoes, come on. <laughs> you got your shoes with you? Yeah, uh, yeah. We know how you know the the two young ladies who you said, "Oh, they're hot." Oh, look at their mom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, that yeah. look, it's not it's a good like, look there, John. But yeah, and it's like, and uh, every company's done it. Yeah, we're not just bad mouthing AEW. They're just the most recent of a long line of wrestling companies that have allowed in-ring talent to book to book themselves as the top star in the company. And, you know, it's been done in WWE, AWA. Um, you know, Jerry Lawler did it in Memphis. It's, it's just... Jerry Lawler did it in Memphis like 200 times. He was the... Exactly. I mean, Jerry Lawler still holds the record for the most championships of a professional wrestler in history. I think it's 137 or something like that. Yeah. It's like, come on. I mean, you basically owned the territory and booked yourself to be the top star all the time. So it's like, it's easy to win that many titles when you're doing the booking. Uh, Jeff Jarrett was another one. Mm-hmm. And with TNA, booked himself to be the world champion multiple times. Yep. Speaking of TNA, they're TNA again. Yes, they are. So who's who? Honestly, it's been also the joke. Who actually stopped calling them TNA? <clears throat> um, I'd say Impact Wrestling. Sometime, like if we were talking on the right on the podcast about the show, because I use the official name, but it's it's always yeah. been TNA Wrestling for me. Yeah, total it's nonstop never, action. Exactly. Um, and speaking of initials, when you say TKO, when every time we say TKO, I think of um, the breaking movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Turbo Kelly, Ozone. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I just figured because I watched both of those like recently, <laughs> you know, and my wife and my kids had never seen those. And they watched them. We watched them both because um, somehow my wife got me breaking two. Electric like Boogaloo, Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> on on DVD, and I was like, "Well, we can't watch number two until we watch yeah, the first one." Yeah, you got to experience the first one. Okay, for me, what did your family think of those? Uh they didn't love them. Avery, I mean, they were fun movies. I mean, that's what it is. And Avery mm-hmm. said they're fun movies. They're fun to watch. They're goofy. Um, you know, and and I also was like, 
Yeah, this from this from both movies actually are from 1983, 84, mm-hmm. um, which says something. I mean, they both movies hit the theater in the same calendar year. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because yeah. if that tells you how fast they push the production of um, part two, Electric Boogaloo. Well, I mean, both movies probably cost about a hundred bucks to make. So, I mean, <laughs> and, and part of that was, you know, uh, the records that Ice-T, you know, that they broke. In yeah. The, in uh-huh. the second uh-huh. one. Yeah. Um, which when I was, when we watched that, well, by the way, the DVD for part two, Electric Boogaloo, when you put the DVD in the player, it just starts the movie. It doesn't even, doesn't even have a menu. <laughs> so that tells you how cheap that DVD yeah, was. Oh, yeah. oh, uh, yeah. But but she got it for me at like Dollar Tree. So well, yeah, yeah. So, I so mean, there you go. For um, a buck, you can't beat it. But yeah, exactly. You know, but we watched it, and then we were, of course, we're laughing. Do you remember the part in part two? Spoiler alert for those who have not seen them. Um, when Turbo goes falling down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it was very obviously a stunt man, you yes. know, because the yep. guy he was like a foot taller than yeah. than Michael and Chambers. Did, yeah, and they didn't even try to hide it. It was yeah, just like it was bad. <laughs> um but yeah, so uh yeah, breaking in fact I thought I saw uh I thought it was like sitting here beside me in my big mess that I had beside me that I'm not gonna break the camera over to see. Um but but yeah, that's all about TKO. So every time I say TKO, I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, you have them and you have Electro Rock, you know. So that's yeah. what we need now is Electro Rock to come in. Um, yeah. But but anyway, you know, uh, back to wrestling. But yeah, uh, CM Punk, I'd I'd be glad when when he finally says, you know what, I'm done. But I'm pretty sure he won't because he likes the he likes the spotlight. He likes the attention. Triple H actually said it because, you know, everybody talks about the, the pipe bomb promo. Mm-hmm. Well, Triple H's response to that when he, you know, he called him out. He did this, you know, 10 oh, yeah. years ago, you know, however long yeah. ago it was, when he said, you only like it when CM Punk is the one that's on top. On yeah. top. He's like, you know, you always talk about wanting to be a catalyst for change, but you only want change as long as you're the one on top. If you're not on top, then you don't care anything about change. And that's, he's proven that to be true. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so CM Punk, I mean, he's kind of like a child at times. I mean, his in-ring stuff, you know, especially when we did the watch along the match in him and Cena, mm-hmm. I mean, it was a phenomenal match. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. at one time he legitimately was one of the best wrestlers in the world. He had everything, the in-ring skills, you know, the presence. Mm-hmm. You know, the mic, absolutely the mic skills. You know, he had everything. I just feel like his ego got in the way. And, you know, but then, you know, he comes back after seven years and it was obvious that some people can do that. Some athletes can do that and take a layoff. I mean, Shawn Michaels did it for almost five years and then wrestled another eight or nine afterwards. CM Punk's not that kind of wrestler, though. His body couldn't hold up, and it was a different. It's a different style and different styles of wrestlers now than there was when he left the business back in 2014. You know, yep. the the type of wrestling that he that guys like him and Daniel and Brian Danielson were pushing for in WWE is commonplace now. 
but punk couldn't keep up. You took seven, you took, you stayed away for seven years. You come back. Those guys have passed you by. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, this has been, you know, another great episode. Um, yep. I want to give some more shout outs though. Uh, because if you didn't get a chance to listen to wrestling with the truth with, you know, BC Hunter, his, he had a little bit of a layoff. I mean, he was gone, you know, he didn't do a show for like a month or so. Uh, but he came back, uh, with a vengeance because he had Ted, the hillbilly hill on there. And he had, uh, the guys from jaded, I think it was jaded pro wrestling. Let me verify that because one of the things, and I should have mentioned this before we started recording, but you know, Ted, you know, he is trending number one in Antarctica. Oh yeah. I mean, we know this. Um, and you know, what well, jaded, jaded pro wrestling, um, they are actually trending number one in Greenland. Okay. All right. You know, so we need to actually kind of look around to see, you know, maybe we're trending number one somewhere. We might be. Might be. I mean, um, because we've, you know, we've, we did crack the, the top, actually the top 100 for wrestling podcasts at one point. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it was, um, Will and Taylor from Jaded Wrestling. And that was another excellent, excellent episode, by the way. Uh, but so Ted's number one in Antarctica. Jaded Wrestling is number one in Greenland. I might have to look and see. Maybe we are. We, we do have a presence somewhere. Actually, you know what? We do have a little bit of an audience in India. We do. We really do. We yeah. really do. So, um, and also I want to say hi to everybody. Because I've, I've noticed that we have this, um, every episode, we have an audience in Nebraska. We have an audience in Washington State. We ha- we do have an audience in Tennessee. Definitely have an audience in Buffalo, New York. And that's our guys with Finisher yep. Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And also we have an audience in Maryland. Say hello, Kyle. Yep. And, you know, so we're, we're just glad, you know, I always say this and it kind of sounds sappy, but I mean, I, I do love being part of this big podcasting family. Um, you know, if I had another one, Austin Boyer with wrestling world, you know, he's mm-hmm. another, one. I haven't mentioned it very often, but he actually just started a YouTube channel. So, oh, okay. Yep. So if you get a chance, go subscribe to that one. He actually, um, Sent me an IM the other day. He said, Hey, you know, here's my, my new YouTube channel. So I went in there and I gave it, I subscribed to it. So, uh, I, I should probably share this at some point. In fact, we should probably have Austin on the show at some point. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, so like he's a, he's a pretty good dude. Um, and also the dad world order, you know, there's some other guys that they haven't put on anything a little bit, but, but I know those guys, I mean, they're always working. And of course, they're the dad world order. So their families yeah. do come first. Oh, yeah. You know, I've so. seen some, I've, they've, they put out some some YouTube stuff I've seen, um, but yeah, it's been it's been a little bit though, a little bit since they had one of their lives. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, speaking of live, there's a very very good possibility that here in the near future we could actually have some live streams ourselves. You know, um, and what we do because I've actually been talking with Justin from TNC Sports Talk, and that's what he does. Which, by the way, his surgery went well. By the way, good, yeah, he, he hit me up, and I said, hey, how's it going? And he said, he's, you know, um, you know, he's hurting, but he's, 
you know, but he's getting by. He said it went went smooth. So, mm-hmm. um, but he showed me some things the other day on how to set up StreamYard and how to do the lives. And so, mm-hmm. look for us to possibly be doing lives. We'll announce it beforehand so that way everybody would have a chance to actually go on. If they, if anybody wanted to interact with us, because there right. is a yeah, I mean, there's the chat feature, and mm-hmm. um, and so the comments will pop up. Now, the comments when they would come in, I would see them. In fact, I would also, the goal is to actually set it so Joel and I both could see them before they really popped up. And so if, for um, for example, if we had people like spamming, and, and by the way, we would also would not tolerate people being, I'll just say rude with other people in the comments. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, so, because I've actually seen that on other um, other shows, you know, who do um, who do lives. Yeah, you all of a sudden you'll see people fighting in the comments, and I'm like, all right, yeah. both, both of yeah, y'all get like, out. Nah. You know, you know, this is our party. We don't want fights. Yeah. Get out. Yeah. You know? Um. But yeah, there's, so there's a very very good possibility we may be doing some lives. It may end up being a hybrid. We don't know yet. Because uh, that's one of the things what I'm always looking at is always looking for ways to improve. Always, you know, and mm-hmm. so we don't stagnate. So we don't become complacent. Um. And we believe with that with our other personal podcast with yep. Dwayne is intellectual rock star, because by the way, if y'all didn't know it, um, he put out an episode yesterday and mm-hmm. yep. uh, all about, I had no idea Batman and flash actually somehow merged and became the red death. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I was like, I was actually listening to that I, after I dropped my wife off at work. I, I put that in, I was into it in the car and then I almost had to start laughing because I heard, all right, Steve. Yeah, listen. You know, they, I got a hold of the guy. And I, <laughs> I was in there trying to turn, turn onto a road, and I'm trying not to laugh while I'm driving. <laughs> but, um, but so you have the intellectual rock star, and you also have my show, the Cubicle Chat Podcast, uh, which I do have some other changes happening with that one as well. So, uh, but I'll talk more about those on that show. Um, you know, so yeah, definitely check out all our shows. The best things anybody can do for us, though, is go give us some reviews give us some ratings yep. you know, especially you know if you give us a five-star rating and a review on apple podcasts or any of the other ones which allow you to do that we will read them on air yep you know so you do that and that really really helps us out because somehow it helps with the algorithm give us mm-hmm. ratings that gets it noticed that means more people will listen and hopefully you know the the content that we're putting out is good content you know yep. so um yeah, so we really appreciate every single uh, person who listens to us, uh, especially if you give us a five-star rating. We'll really appreciate you then. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, But, my friend, I don't really have anything else. Yeah, well, no. I do have something uh, else that's not wrestling-related. Um, in two, Today, as we're recording, it's November 9th. In two days, it's going to be November 11th. And if you know anything about uh, history, it's, you know, this today, it's with well, for America, it's Veterans Day. For a lot of the other countries, it's Remembrance Day because it's talking mm-hmm. about the 11th hour, the 11th day of the 11th month. And so if you have family here, if you are a veteran, if you have family here, veterans, in fact, you know, of course, I am a veteran. I did 20 years in the Air Force. Our friend Kyle is also a veteran. He did four years in the Air Force. That's where you know, I met our friend Alan, you know, mm-hmm. one, of, one of mine and Joellen's best friends from high school. You know, he also did, he did 21 years in the Air Force. Um, Joylin would have been in the Air Force, but unfortunately his body decided otherwise. Yeah. Um, yeah. My back yeah. decided, nah, nah. Nah. You just thought, you thought, but no. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I'm pretty sure if Joylin would have won the Air Force, he probably would have been a career guy, just like, 
me and Alan because it's like, what are you gonna do? Hang out in Hopkinsville? No. <laughs> no. So, uh, yeah, it's not a, yeah, no offense to anybody still living in Hoptown. My mom still lives in Hoptown. Your mom still live, live in Hoptown? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So our moms. All, uh, yeah. All my family's in Hopkinsville. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, definitely, you know, say hello to your veterans, you know, um, and just like yesterday, I mean, this was a total surprise. Uh, my family and I, we were in the local Mexican restaurant here in town, which by the way, if you ever go to Mount Ohio, Go to El Camino Real. It is a Mexican restaurant, and oh my God, they are amazing! It is the best restaurant in this area. Period. Not just Mexican restaurant, the best restaurant. Period. It's one of our favorites. But while we're there, you know, my wife actually asked for the the bill. You know, who else we were getting ready to leave? Food was excellent as always. And and our waiter he told us he said, oh, he said somebody already already picked up your tab. We're like, what? You know? And we're like, well, who was it? And he finally said, okay, a he pointed it was actually somebody sitting like across uh, the way from us. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, you know, and, and so I actually walked up to the guy and I said, you know, thank you very much. I mean, that was very nice of you. He said, yeah, he said, I just want to thank you for your service. And then because I have, you know what, I don't usually have the, I don't show the hat on here, but this is usually the hat that I'm wearing. I wear it at all, like all the wrestling shows, but I just wear it when I'm out, you know, receive it says Afghanistan veteran. And he saw that. Mm-hmm. And he decided he wanted to pay for my meal, probably because it's Veterans Day coming up. Um, it's definitely not something I ask for. Um, the only time I ever ask for, like, if there's a military discount, it's got to be a very, very high bill. Like, I just, you know, paid to have, um, like, a new transmission on a car or something like that. Or when sure. I had, right. you know, my septic tank, you know, pumped yeah. out. You know, you're talking, like, a couple thousand dollars. And I go, ha, do you do any kind of discount? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, then, but... If it's going to like Golden Corral, no, I'm not going to, yeah. you know, I'll pay the $8 and $9, whatever it is. You yeah. know, I'm not one of those who constantly looking for, oh, you do military discount? Because what I've noticed is, unfortunately, a lot of the, the people who are always asking for that discount, they didn't know a whole lot when they were in uniform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They did like the bare minimum, but they're the first in line to get the free food. So you will not see me at any of the restaurants that offer free food for free meals for veterans this Saturday. Mm-hmm. I just won't do it because unfortunately they also, they don't verify people who are veterans. And so you have a lot of people who are just in line. Yeah. You know, yeah. claiming, you know, and I'm sure right now, I mean, it's, it's almost feel, almost feel like it's a gang. I mean, you go around claiming. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's all really I have uh, to say about that. So happy veterans day to all the veterans out there. Uh, include myself. I mean, I, that, then I will include <laughs> myself. The, the twenty years, one month, nineteen days. So yeah, I think I I, I qualify yeah. a little bit. <laughs> so just, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, don't know what we have on the gamut for Monday yet because well, the weekend's still to come, and we don't know what could happen on SmackDown, yeah. and uh, we don't know they may come in the news and go, you know, yeah, the NWA they just definitely screwed the pooch and never seen one of their deals. Yeah. Um, so. Ladies and gentlemen, kids of all ages, don't be showing somebody sniffing cocaine on your show, even if it is a pay-per-view. That's just no. bad. Yeah. So just not, a, not a good look at all. Not a good look. So, but until we can talk again, my friend, good night and God bless. God bless.